0: This is The Chicken Charge with CEO of All-in-One Security, Mary Parker. Today's guest is Sherry Henning. Henning, Chief Development Officer for Habitat for Humanity, is an expert fundraiser and she understands how changing communities actually changes lives. Listen to Sherry while she shares her path from the cornfield of her childhood to the dynamic role she plays now in building futures for families today. Welcome
1: to the Chicken Charge. All-in-One Security CEO, Mary Parker, celebrates the success of women in the world of business and in life. Mary's own humble beginnings in rural Mississippi led her to become one of the only African American females running a multi-million dollar security firm. She is definitely the Chick-In-Charge. Here now is Mary Parker. Good morning. I am Mary Parker, CEO of All in One Security and your host of the Chick-In-Charge podcast. I have with me today my co-host, Miss Sarah Smith of the Morning Rosa. Mary. And we're so glad to see you and, and have you with us. Back with us. Yes, Sarah. me too. And we've got uh, we've got Port Wilson with us as well. Today we are continuing to have fun, Sherry. And it is so important for us to have guests on who, you know, really, really are doing great things, and you are one of them. Our next guest is Ms. Sherry Henning, and she is the Chief Development Officer for Habitat of Humanity. If you would, would you just tell us a little bit about your, talk about your first job, because what I want to eventually uh, capture here is, did you are you where you started?
2: Oh, I am definitely not where I started, Mary. Um, When I reflect back to my first job, uh, very um, unglamorous, Um, I am a native of the Midwest, and so I started out in a cornfield. Yes, tradition had it. um, We were um, orientated as young kids. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the term detasseling corn, um, which is where you... This is really going to be interesting. It's educational, I'm telling you. (laughs) Um, It's where you take the tassels off of corn um, through the fields, and it's as unglamorous as it sounds. Okay, Sherry, I can't
1: wait. I have to share this with you. Okay, You're talking to the pro. Okay. Where my house was in rural Mississippi, we actually lived in the cornfield.
2: Okay. So I understand. So we are are connected. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, um, it was uh, a job that uh, I have three sisters that are older than me, um, and they did it. And so it was my initiation, and um, I did it for one day because you got up at five o'clock in the morning the cornfields were wet and hot because it was july and it was illinois and it was humid not like humid here Um, but you were just it was horrible and you had to walk up and down cornfields picking these tassels off of every other row and i got home and i just cried and my mother said you can either keep doing this or you can find a job and I found a job the next day. Wow. <laughs> and how old were you? I was 14. Okay. <laughs> yes. And I, she said, okay. And so I found a job. My n- next job was at Don Pedro's um, Mexican restaurant. And that's where I um, continued my employment history as uh, a burritoista. I guess you'd call it. Okay. Um, so, yes, that's where I continued on.
1: Okay. Well, you know, it, it's, it's very interesting how... Um, God has a way of allowing our lives, our paths to to uh, cross with such similar backgrounds. You went to the cornfield for one day, and I think it was just a few days that I actually went to the cotton fields with my uh, with my mom and my grandmother, and I, like yourself, decided this was not for me. but I did stick around to learn a few things about farming that would later. Uh, enhance our families lives Uh, but that certainly does qualify you for a chick in charge (laughs) and so with that you said that it was something that you knew you weren't going to do how did that inspire you or propel you in directions that would lead you to doing some of the things you've done and including what you're doing now
2: I think that it um it propelled me in a way that said you know my parents instilled in me that you know work was important you know I watched my father um, work in a steel mill for 32 years as well as start a landscaping business at the same time um, my mother started working after all of us started school so it wasn't that I was afraid of work um, it was just I knew the type of work I wanted to do right um, so and th- smart at exactly. that. exactly <laughs> and so um, and you know there were definitely days in the summer that uh, dad uh, uh, inaugurated us into what, you know, laying sod was and all of that kind of <laughs> stuff. So we still didn't get out of it altogether. Right. But but um, it was those choices that I said, um, this is where I wanted to be and that was inside. Um, but, you know, even those high school jobs and even after that, um, they were still labor intensive, um, but it was also the trajectory of once, even in those positions, I was always kind of looking at what was next.
1: Absolutely. And, and so,
2: um, even at Don Pedro's, the Mexican restaurant, it wasn't long after that that I was put on as a night shift manager. Um, so it was seeing ahead of what was next and what could I do to possibly have that next position.
1: You know, what I hear you saying is what I hear lots of women that I talk to uh, say, and that is continually evolving. Yeah into that person or into doing the things in life that you really want to do. But without those experiences, it doesn't allow us to dream as big. Right. Uh, exposure is wonderful. So in and and those, you know, starting your life uh, as as a, a child, dealing with the corn and, and that kind of thing. Um, and so how long did you, how long did you work with Don Petros and number one, and how far did you go with them?
2: Um, It's funny that you say that because I remember coming home and um, telling my parents that I had another job offer, which was at um, Mr. Johnson's oil company, which was very glamorous way of saying that I was gonna go work at the Shell gas station. (laughs) Um, And my mother looked at me and said, why? And I said, because it would pay me a dollar more an hour. There you go. And she said, well, you are committed to working for, at the time, Scott Wolber. And she just was floored that I would just take this new job when I had committed myself. And so, you know, in her eyes, you worked someplace and you stayed there and Mm. you stayed committed. But in my brain, it was, um, no, I'm going to go work for Mr. Johnson and get paid more. Right. Um, And so I uh, took the leap. Um, She wasn't happy with it. So it was kind of our two different paths of, of where I was going. And while I still enjoyed the work at Don Pedro's and had taken on that night manager shift. Now I was taking that step up for more money, but also I was managing that store on the weekends as well.
1: Oh, wow. So. Chicken charge. I know. You I know, love you're not afraid of responsibilities no. or challenges. Right. I love that. And it's so much that our listening audience can learn from this. And one thing, you know, I, I always share with people is to despise not your small beginnings. And one of the things that I often reflect on to speak to as well is, um, you know, with my parents and grandparents working so hard in the uh, rural farming, sharecropping community, uh, we weren't exposed to a lot as children, so our, our purviews were different. But for me, I, uh, I found my dreams in the clouds. While you're outside and you're just watching the clouds and you're seeing different people, different images, and that's where I learned to travel. Yeah. was being outside and watching the clouds. Oh. And so, you know, and, and when I speak of despise not your small beginnings, that was a very small thing, but being atten- paying attention to the surroundings as well as increasing your awareness is really, really critical. And for business people, especially our entrepreneurs who are listening today, Um, You know, the purpose of this show is is certainly to empower women with knowledge and with wisdom as well as resources to continue on their path, whatever it may be. Um, So you, you, you grew up, you had your own job, you made your own money,
2: you made your own decisions. Absolutely. Talk about that for a moment. Um, probably my own decisions, um, much to the chagrin of my parents. I was, like I said, I was the youngest of the four girls in our family. And I should probably caveat that in, um, my older sisters were triplets my oh wow. so, um yeah i had a little bit everybody always asks how was that and i say it was awful um, because i was always introduced as it was the triplets and sherry right and so i had to create this kind of identity for myself and uh, i would definitely have to say that it was a bit of a rebel attitude um, because i was always coming up behind them Yeah. Um, so mom and dad had a little bit of a tougher road with me um i Pretty much didn't lit. I hadn't lived at home once I left for my first year of college. I haven't lived at home since then, whereas when they went off to college, um, they literally called home every night crying, asking if they could come home. My mom didn't <laughs> hear from me for weeks. In fact, she called me asking if I was okay. So, Where Sherry? Yes. Yes. Where did Sherry go? Yes. Yeah. So it oh, was, my God. It was, as you said, laying kind of trailblazing my own path from, from that start point. Uh-huh. Okay, so we, we could certainly
1: say that. You were a leader, yeah, uh, and and though you had the three sisters, they were pretty much all in one, so yeah. to speak, which made you that second child, yeah. You know, and there's really Amazing. something about that second child syndrome. I'm number two of nine, and uh, you know, you don't want to get lost, and because of that, I think we become overachievers sometimes as well. Uh, so that's a great, great story, and um, you know, so as you look back on your life. Your mom was definitely one of your mentors and she sounds like she was definitely a chicken charge as well. But if you had to say something looking back at your younger self, what advice would you give yourself?
0: Hey everybody, this is Sarah Smith of the Chicken Charge for Gusto. All women who own their own businesses are chicks in charge. I love it. But, you know, add in raising a family and, you know, trying to have a life, it gets pretty hectic. Like many of my fellow female business owners, I know the core of my business. But what many of us struggle with are things like payroll and benefits and HR, Enter Gusto, really a godsend for small businesses like mine. Gusto features fast and easy to run payroll with W-2s and 1099s. It automatically files and pays all payroll taxes, which is amazing all by itself. There are tons of benefits to choose from and you can store all employee documents online. Now you're thinking, I still have to figure this out on my own. But the real beauty of Gusto is that you have direct access to certified HR professionals. That is huge. And they know their stuff. So you get easy payroll processing, benefits, and excellent support all in one place. And that place is Gusto. Chicken Charge listeners get three months free once they run their first payroll. So go to gusto.com slash chicken charge. Be the expert in your business and let gusto be your payroll and HR expert. Go to gusto.com slash charge and get three months free.
2: Think that i save the world. Oh goodness. Um I thought about that and um, in, in looking at it, I would say always be always understand and know that you are your best advocate. Um, that no, point. no one else will ever um, while you will have you know mentors and, and people that will speak well of you you have to be first and foremost your best advocate and always um, looking to um, um, be the person that speaks up for yourself Um, and maybe that goes back to the whole sister thing but um and trying to you know figure out where i stand in in the in the row but um, you know, never feeling as though someone is going to actually be the person that puts you up front. You have to be that for yourself. Always. Oh my gosh,
1: I, re- I recall a, um, a, a seminar I was attending and uh, Mayor Shirley Franklin challenged us because one of the things she said as women is we don't speak up often enough. We're, you know, we'll project a sense of aggression but we are not consistently assertive. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be true as well with a lot of the women I train and speak with. But uh, we have to identify our own voices. And this brings me to a, a point that I'm so very passionate about because we have been a part of it. And that is your role with uh, Habitat. Tell us about that and, and some of the rewards that you uh, receive as a result of being a part of such organization.
2: You know, um I've, I've just joined about six months ago and I can tell you that it has been complete immersion in a mission that I have felt th- that I've been with for years because of the closeness of how you can get to that mission, the realness, the immediate gratification. Um, this role is about, um, my role is about funding the mission, um, but the rewards that we get from that overall, it's about a hand up, not a handout. These, most of our homeowners are single moms. Yes, wow. I know. And, amazing. So the, and that's what's so, so
1: amazing yeah, about the work that you do.
2: Yeah, and the impact that we have uh, on their lives, but You're then their lives. children's yes. lives um, the safety net that we're providing their children and providing that amazing asset of a home for them to grow up in. Very Um, powerful. Yeah. 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 And and the
1: kids are able to see what hope looks like. Right. Right. Because of the things you're doing. Right.
2: I had, um, my very first house dedication. We do that on the eighth day of the build and the mother there was thanking Clark Howard, one of our amazing builders with us. And, um, she turned to him and she said, um, you are a modern-day superhero wow. because of the gift that not you haven't given to me, but you've given to my sons uh, because now they will grow up in a safe home and have the ability to grow up in a house that they would have never had before. Home.
1: Yeah. And, and and I would love to share with you that we had an all-in-one day mm-hmm. at, um, at Habitat where my whole team— yeah. I was traveling. I wanted to go. I called Lisa and said, you know, we could have scheduled another date when we made sure I was home. But I wanted to make sure that the all-in-one security team was out visibly supporting something that means so much to me, and that is to help build a community. But also to use that time to impact a change that would otherwise not take place without their efforts. So it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Hey, tell us, how can people get involved? Um, uh, with the efforts that you're putting forth, one, with fundraising, and secondly, how can they become a part of actually
2: laying the bricks and mortar? Sure. I mean, we have multiple sponsorship opportunities. People can be um, just sustainer givers through monthly donations through our website. Um, There's volunteer opportunities um, that they can go to our website. And and give them your website. It's atlantahabitat.org. They can uh, go online and find just a variety of ways that they can get involved with us, either coming out to build with us um, through different varieties of volunteer opportunities. Um, but again, uh, the, the ways that you can give are, are through businesses, through civic, through faith, um, and again, through individual donations are, are, are multitudes of ways. And we will take any and all of them.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. So
2: hear what she's saying. To whom much is
1: given, much is required. Exactly. So please don't hesitate to join Sherry and the uh, family at Habitat for Humanity. If you are interested in volunteering if you're interested in donating. But I would tell you, based on the experience from my team upon returning from their BUILD experience, it was phenomenal. And it was also life-changing for them as well because sometimes people never take the time to reinvest or to invest into the lives of others. So you have presented and provided an excellent platform for you know those who maybe only have a little. But if everyone has... Take their little and put it together, it will still be more than enough for everyone, right? Sorry. Great, great. So what else would you like to tell us about habitat?
2: I think that the most important thing for people to understand is that it's it's beyond just, you know, building a house. We are re- looking at um, within Atlanta true neighborhood revitalization across the scope. Um so it's not it's not just about that one house sitting on a block it's about that house and then the extension of all that we're doing throughout that neighborhood so it's the neighbor that sits next to um, that new house that may be a senior or a veteran that hasn't been able to update their HVAC system or their roof or their windows that needs help, and we come alongside and uplift that house. It's the other house down the road that just needs some a uh, little bit of uh, paint or yard work, and we're uplifting that house. So by the time that we are finished on that block, instead of 10 houses of blight, there's one house of blight. And by the time we're finished, that entire neighborhood has been uplifted. And that community now feels as though um, they have a new start. And then economic development comes in and we are transforming communities along the way. And through that, we have home ownership. And through that, you know, people are uplifted and and bringing out of um, economic poverty. And so there's just a transformation that is happening um, because of Atlanta Habitat. And that's what we're so proud of. That's fantastic. Oh, congratulations. And
1: rightfully so. You should be proud.
0: I love how you use that word, uplifted, too. Yes, yes, yes. Instead of, we painted that house. Yeah. Yeah. Or we improved it.
2: Well, and we're really trying to make sure that um, we're getting away from this gentrification that we're seeing and that these legacy residents are able to stay in their homes. Because what we want is while we're building new homes in these communities, the people that have been there for 20 and 30 years aren't being lifted out of their homes. They're actually able to stay. And through our programs of repairs and, and Brush With Kindness, we can actually do those repairs that they wouldn't normally be able to do And they're now allowed to stay. Amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. Sherry, it is an amazing work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, congratulations thank you please call on all-in-one Lisa knows how to. Yes, she knows as a matter of fact we're your security provider that's I you are, about you that.
2: are. <laughs> we have more than just corn connections we, we sure have security do. Connections. We sure do. and
1: this is only a beginning that's right it's such a pleasure to meet thank you. you and thank you so very much for joining us today Sarah did you have anything else any other questions
0: that you may have uh, I'm gonna I'm absolutely gonna talk to our, our friend offline because I really admire all all of the um, very, very deep, the very, very deep skill set she has in fundraising. I'm, it's always so interesting to me.
1: Oh, that—that that is wonderful. And we will certainly stay in touch with yes. you. There are so many things that's going on and we, the world would just be a far better place to have more people with the attitude of joy and giving as you represented here today. Thank you,
2: Mary. Thank you. Thanks
1: for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Mary Parker, and I am The Chick-In-Charge. Subscribe to The Chick-In-Charge at thechickincharge.com. Get a free download of Mary Parker's Tips for Success, tips that'll make short work of some of today's most challenging issues facing female business owners. Thanks for listening to The Chick-In-Charge.